Eureka, they found it. Ohio State basketball, 68-59 victory on Saturday over Indiana. They found it. But the question is, can they keep it? Good Monday, a post-Super Bowl Monday edition of the Lock on Buckeyes podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Lamb. They found it. They definitely got the win. That's what they needed. They're heading in the right direction, but the question is, can they keep the momentum up? A big one coming up on Tuesday. That stayed up north. Ohio State facing a very, very similar team in Michigan. We'll preview that more coming up on Tuesday on Locked on Buckeyes podcast, but we will talk about the Indiana win and what Ohio State did to get to this point and to potentially get back on track. Definitely a step forward in the right direction. That's all coming up today. Also, big commitment for Ohio State football. I'll tell you who and why and how and what and why you should be excited. That's probably more questions than I needed. The who, what, where, when, why, how. We won't get into all that, but I'll tell you about it coming up here later and more great success in the NFL by former Ohio State Buckeyes. We'll talk about that all coming up today on Locked on Buckeyes, your daily Ohio State football and basketball podcast. Be sure to tell friends and family about us. Spread the good word. We are on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. However, you may be listening, Apple or iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or simply say, play the Locked on Buckeyes on your smart speakers. Find me on Twitter at KYLAM8. Find the show at Locked on Buckeye. Coming up next, Ohio State basketball with a big win against Indiana, and we'll discuss it. Ohio State 68, Indiana 59 on Saturday in a game that really wasn't that close in the second half. Ohio State led for double digits most of the game. This right here, Saturday's game against Indiana, inarguably the best game Ohio State has played all around since probably December 7th against Penn State where they obliterated the Nittany Lions by 30. That right there is why... I have been preaching patience. Now, let me clarify. Ohio State's not out of the woods yet, okay? I'm not going to do a victory lap because I said be patient, and I said Ohio State, I thought, would get back on its feet. They are not out of the woods yet, okay? This is a big week for them. They go on the road against a struggling Michigan team that has very, very similar problems to Ohio State. These two teams are almost a mirror image of one another, and I'll preview that game a little bit more on Tuesday. But I tell you what, they are so similar. They both started off hot. They both have been really, really cold, having injuries and suspensions and problems with their offense and more problems than than their offense, but more problems on the defensive end. And Ohio State and Michigan, interestingly enough, if you look at their conference-only play, They're so similar. They're both ranked right around 20th in the country in offensive efficiency, and they're both ranked right around 90th in the country in defensive efficiency. And I know that surprises people, but I'm telling you, Ohio State's offense is actually not the problem. That's not to say that it hasn't been a problem because, you know, look, I know some of you have been pointing out the bad passing. You are absolutely correct about that. The lack of movement on offense, you've been absolutely correct about that not finishing at the rim, the shooting slump, the turnovers. Look, there are problems on offense. Don't get me wrong. I know some of you have noticed I've been talking about this on Twitter, and I'm not trying 
to diminish your concerns because they are real. But ultimately, Ohio State's biggest problem has been on the defensive end. That's where the biggest drop has come. And that's not to say that Ohio State doesn't have offensive issues. But right now, through it all, through the entire season, when you take into account 20 games, okay, 21 games to be exact, Ohio State is 19th out of 353 teams in offensive efficiency, adjusted offensive efficiency, taking into account, in, taking uh, competition into account. They're a top 20 basketball team offensively, and they're still a good defensive team overall. But where they were only giving up 80 points for 100 possessions on average to an average team before during the non-conference schedule, they're they have dropped precipitously all the way down to 96 points. That's a 16-point drop per 100 possessions. That's pretty significant. But this game against Indiana, it was a terrific performance. And this game coming up against Michigan, against a team that is going through the same struggles that Ohio State has gone and gone through the same roller coaster ride of a season, it's important for Ohio State, not just because it's a road game, but it's an opportunity to build momentum further. Okay, I thought the reason they were so good against Indiana was they finally had their confidence back. You could say they had swagger. And it was good to see because we haven't seen that from Ohio State in six weeks with all those injuries and suspensions and everything that they've gone through. I've been saying all along, I think confidence is their biggest issue. I think that they hit a shooting slump right as they started going through suspensions and injuries. And I think it threw everything out of whack. Saturday was the best game they have played since December 7th against Penn State. And you could argue, outside of maybe the Villanova game and a couple of those games in November, this has been, or this was one of their best offensive showings of the entire season. And the stats really bear that out because they had 73% of their made field goals on Saturday were assisted. Okay, 73% assist rate. That is the second best they've had all season long. The best was 77% against Southeast Missouri State. So 73% of their field goals were assisted. The passing, and I said this in the first half on Twitter, like even before I saw the numbers at the end of the game, I said the passing looked like this was one of the earlier games they've had this season because they were really in a good offensive rhythm. You saw inside-outside passing. You saw side-to-side ball movement. You saw penetration, not just penetration for penetration's sake, because some of the time, we've talked about this on the show, sometimes they start dribbling without a purpose, without a destination in mind. They don't know what they're going to do with the ball if they get stopped. We've seen that too often, but on Saturday, they started getting into the paint, getting to the rim, dribbling with a purpose, and if they didn't have somewhere to go with the shot, They knew where they're going with the pass. That was great to see. That's something we have not seen from Ohio State since December. So the assist rate, the passing was absolutely superb. The defense, stopping dribble penetration, that's something that's really been killing Ohio State. I I, I can't emphasize this enough. I think the bigger problem with Ohio State through the last six weeks has been defense, namely stopping dribble penetration. Because what has happened is the lack of stopping the dribbling has led to 
additional secondary defense, okay? And it's not that they aren't stopping the ball because the secondary help has been pretty good. But the problem is because of the all the extra help coming from the wing, from the baseline, et cetera, et cetera, it's causing more secondary and third tertiary passes by the opposing team. And that's leading to open shots, which has meant a higher field goal percentage made against Ohio State. Remember back in November, December, early December, Ohio State was the best field goal defense in the country. And that has completely changed. And that's one of the reasons why Ohio State's defensive efficiency has gone downhill. But because they're stop, they're not stopping that dribble penetration. They did a good job against Indiana. Indiana's not a very good shooting team. They're a very good post team with Trace Jackson Davis, a terrific freshman. They get into the lane. Ohio State shut all of that down. They said, we are not letting you in the paint. We'll give you those open three-pointers. That was by design. Indiana made six of like 11 three-pointers, okay? That was by design for Ohio State. They were willing to let Indiana, a poor shooting team, shooting 30% on the season, they were willing to let Indiana take those shots and say, you know what? You're a low-percentage shooting team. We're going to live and die with you making or missing those shots. And as it turns out, they allowed 60% from three-point range and still won the game by almost double digits. So successful defensive game by Ohio State, great game planning by Chris Holtman and his staff. That it was a great sign for Ohio State getting back to basics, shutting down dribble penetration, and keeping teams out of the lane. So that was a great sign going forward for Ohio State. The offensive rebounding was terrific. Indiana is one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the country. Ohio State kept them off the offensive boards, and they got 11 offensive rebounds themselves. Great rebounding performance by Ohio State. The effort was there. The shots fell. The passing was great. It was one of the best shooting performances in terms of effective field goal percentage. It was actually the second best shooting percentage that Ohio State has had since that Penn State game on December 7th. So everything came together offensively for Ohio State. It was one of the best all-around games they've had. Defense was a lot better. I can't emphasize this enough. I, I think one of the reasons that people have this perception that the offense has been so bad, and I'm not saying it hasn't been bad in stretches. In, in particular games, it has. In stretches, it definitely has. But as a whole, Ohio State's offense is still one of the best in the country. And I know that's hard to believe. It's a hard pill to swallow because you're seeing the games that I'm seeing too. We're seeing some of the same things, some of the same problems. But you have to remember that Ohio State was doing doing so well early in the year, especially against some bad teams. The defense was just locked down good, and it made the offense, which was playing well, it made the offense look even better. What happened is the tempo has slowed down a couple possessions per game for Ohio State. So the offensive raw numbers look a little bit worse because they're playing slower tempo. They're playing better competition. Remember, 11 out of the 14 teams in the Big Ten right now would be in the NCAA tournament. So when you add the slower tempo with better competition and you're not playing as good a defense, that puts more pressure on the offense to perform. And it looks worse because it's magnifying the the failures by the offense. 
it's not that those failures weren't there before, but they didn't have to worry about it because they were playing such great defense that if they looked a little sloppy on a few possessions here or a few possessions there, they were still winning by 20 or 30 points at times. And then they were having those torrid shooting streaks. So what has happened is the offense has gotten just a tad worse in, in raw numbers. But adjusted for competition, it's actually better in conference than it was non-conference. But you're seeing the raw numbers, you're seeing slow tempo, and you're seeing better competition with the defense being worse. So all of these things are making the offense look worse. And it's not that there are no problems. In game-to-game situations, possession-to-possession especially, there are certainly problems with the offense. But some of them, I think, were injuries, suspensions, being out of rhythm. All of that is coming together now. They're getting confidence back. They're starting to find their identity again, despite the fact that DJ Carton did not play against Indiana and is out for the foreseeable future with his mental health issues. I think this team, if it turns around this week and delivers one or two more great games like it played against Indiana and comes up with at least one out of two wins on the road this week against Michigan or Wisconsin, then I think this Ohio State team will be back on track, as I predicted. This is why I said don't panic, because the numbers suggested this was still a good basketball team somewhere hidden, hidden from plain view, but somewhere this Ohio State team is still capable. I said don't panic, and I'm not taking a victory lap yet, because they're not out of the woods, but they're, they're knocking on the door now. They're right around the corner from getting back on track. Can they do it? We'll see. We'll preview the Michigan game tomorrow on Locked on Buckeyes. But this is a big week for Buckeye basketball. Great stepping stone win against Indiana. That's a NCAA tournament caliber victory. That got them a little bit more breathing room, a little momentum. They're on a two-game win streak. You know what Lou Brown says, a major league. Yesterday you won a baseball game. Today you won a second. That's two in a row. Win one tomorrow, that's called a winning streak. It has happened before. So Ohio State taking a two-game winning streak into Ann Arbor to face their dueling Spider-Man. You know that that meme, that gif on, on Twitter, the two Spider-Mans looking at each other, mirror images of one another? That's Ohio State-Michigan. This is a big game for Ohio State, a chance to win a third in a row against a team that's going through almost identical struggles It is uncanny, and I will talk about that more tomorrow. But huge opportunity for Ohio State to steal a win on the road against an NCAA tournament caliber team like themselves. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. Coming up on Locked on Buckeyes, Ohio State gets another big commitment. We'll discuss that. Locked on Buckeyes podcast is doing big things. The Locked on Podcast Network doing even bigger things. You may not know the Locked on Buckeyes is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Buckeye fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On Buckeyes gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners in Columbus and the state of Ohio. Not just any podcast listener, but a Locked On podcast listener. Reach Buckeye fans everywhere, especially locally. If your company wants to connect with Ohio State fans, a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked on Buckeyes podcast. 
Local bands love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockonpodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team to achieve locked on advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you right away. Ohio State got a commitment over the weekend from a monster defensive player. And, and I do mean monster in the type of 6'2", 300-pound defensive lineman Michael Hall from Streetsboro, Ohio. He is, to be honest, he's criminally underrated by the consensus, by 24-7. Some of the individual services have him way too low. Now, that will change, okay? It's not some conspiracy against Ohio State. It's not trying to keep the man down. They're going to have him rated where he belongs by the time his senior season wraps up. He's a 2021 recruit, so he's got another year to play. But this guy, he is rated number 75 overall, the number six defensive tackle on Rivals.com. And I tell you, they have this right. I know Ohio State coaches, uh, this is not a guess. I've heard this through the grapevine. Ohio State coaches love this guy. They think he is a star in the making. And opposing coaches and some scouts that have seen him rave about this guy saying he's one of the better defensive linemen in the last decade or so to come out of Ohio. So Michael Hall commits to Ohio State. And I have to ask myself, seeing what Ohio State is doing right now under Larry Johnson, guys in the NFL with, with the success they've had, as you may have heard, Nick Bosa just won NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year. That is the third time in four seasons that Ohio State has done that. Marshawn Lattimore, Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa. The list goes on. And next year, I tell you what, there's a really good chance Chase Young could have a, a possibly be the defensive rookie of the year. That would be four times in five years. And if it's not Chase Young, well, it could be Jeffrey Okuda. So the the string goes along, but I, I ask myself, looking at what the Bosa's and, and Chase Young have done and all of the talented defensive linemen that have come through Ohio State. I mean, look at Sam Hubbard having a monster season for the Bengals this past year. The list goes on of guys that have clearly benefited from Larry Johnson. And so I wonder aloud, why would any defensive lineman not go to Ohio State at this point? Now, to be fair, if they're not going to Ohio State, they're going to Clemson. Ohio State and Clemson might as well have their pick of the defensive linemen on the board because at this point, if you are a five-star defensive end or defensive tackle, you're either going to Ohio State or you're going to Clemson or else, to be honest, you're probably getting paid. And who's, who knows? Maybe, uh, no, I'm not going to say it out loud. I know what you're thinking. I'm thinking it too, but I'm not going to say it. I'm going to have some... Uh, I'm going to have some discipline and not say what I was thinking just now. But if you're if you're not going to Ohio State or Clemson, you better have family from the institution you're going, or maybe you just grew up a fan. Uh, there are a thousand reasons you can pick other schools. But at this point, if you want to be a successful defensive lineman, then why aren't you going to Ohio State or Clemson? Clemson is doing it through track record, too. Recent track record, they deserve... 
they deserve the kudos. They're getting the street cred that they have with defensive linemen. So I can understand guys wanting to go there right now. And interestingly enough, in the 2021 class, Ohio State is actually ahead of Clemson, just barely. In the consensus, uh, consensus recruiting rankings for 2021, Ohio State is actually barely ahead of Clemson. So go figure. But those two teams are definitely battling it out for recruiting success on the trail, especially for defensive linemen. Michael Hall committing to Ohio State. By the way, when I mentioned three out of the last four defensive rookie of the years, rookies of the year, I guess is the best way to put the right way to put it in the NFL. Oh, by the way, Michael Thomas just won NFL Offensive Player of the Year too. So it's not just defense. Ohio State defense, like just lighting it up on fire in the NFL right now, but Ohio State offensive players are doing it too. This is a really, really good run of success in college and in the NFL for Ohio State right now. It is one of the it schools. Don't get caught up. I said it before. Don't get caught up in the hype by Clemson. You have a lot to be proud of as Buckeye fans. Ohio State is killing it right now, both at home and abroad. When guys move on, go fulfill their pro dreams, Ohio State is absolutely helping them get to that next level. They're helping them achieve their dreams, their goals, their ambitions, having lifelong success financially. It's it's really amazing to see the success that Ohio State has had. Nick Bosa had a great game against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl last night. It didn't manifest itself in, in a win, and he didn't really even have a great stat line. But man, they were doubling him. They were chipping him. He was getting a lot of pressure on Mahomes. Had a couple of batted passes. Had a great game, really. It's it more typical Bosa. We've seen this from Nick. We've seen this from Joey. It's no surprise whatsoever. But he's going to be a monster for the 49ers the next several years. So the Buckeyes picking up three out of the last four defensive rookies of the year in the NFL. Chase Young or Jeffrey Okuda could make it four out of five next year. Michael Hall committing to Ohio State, a stud defensive lineman, chance to be a really, really good player for the Buckeyes going forward in the 2021 class and beyond. And he's just one of many. Ohio State has Jack Sawyer coming in. Uh, right now, already on the roster, you got guys like Zach Harrison, Tyreek Smith, Tyler Friday. The list goes on and on. But Ohio State is in good hands with Larry Johnson. Let's hope that guy coaches till he's 90 because he is absolutely amazing the way he churns out all of these talented guys and develops them, puts them in the NFL, and then they have monster seasons and monster careers in the National Football League. That's going to do it for today. Speaking of monster seasons in the NFL, you may have noticed Terry McLaurin have a really good, had a really good rookie year for the Washington Redskins. I think that battery right there of McLaurin and Dwayne Haskins is going to have a great year under Ron Rivera next year. I really do. I think Haskins showed flashes of finally putting it together at the end of the year before he got hurt. I think those two are going to have a great season together next year. But Terry McLaurin had an interview last week with the Locked On Redskins. I will share that interview coming up tomorrow here on Locked On Buckeyes. And also, uh, I'll actually split it into a couple parts. 
But the first part will come tomorrow on Locked on Buckeyes. So the interview with Terry McLaurin from Locked on Redskins will air here on Locked on Buckeyes. Be sure to hear that. We'll preview Ohio State and Michigan basketball coming up as well. Locked on Buckeyes, a daily Ohio State football and basketball podcast. Make sure you spread the word. Anybody you know that would love to listen to Buckeyes podcasts, spread the good cheer. Tell them about us. Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, just some of the many platforms of your choice that we air. Find us, follow us, tell your friends about us. I'm Kyle Lamb. Catch me on Twitter at KYLamb8. Catch the show at Lockdown Buckeye. We'll be back on Tuesday with more Lockdown Buckeyes. Thanks for listening, everybody.